0: Blog Talk Radio. The regular season is officially here, but with Stephen Souza's injury, the D-backs outfield is looking a lot different, and what to expect from this week's Dodgers and Padres here.
1: Back nation, welcome back to the Rattle Up podcast. My name is Blake, and I am joined tonight by my co-host Chris. The regular season is officially underway. Uh, started last night, you know, and I'm I'm very excited for this season. Are you, Chris? You excited too? Yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, I think we all are. It's Been a long time without baseball, but it's finally back. D backs uh-huh. actually playing the Dodgers right now, so we'll give you some live score updates uh, if, if that changes uh, through this podcast. A couple quick announcements before we start here. If you're looking for some uh, some tickets, you know, just maybe see, you know, your home team or to see, you know, maybe a, a, a certain game you're looking at, you can head over to stubyard.com and you can, you can use the code BPN10. That'll get yourself 10% off at checkout. Again, that is BPN10. You can get some MLB tickets there or really any event ticket you are, you're looking at. Also, we are, this is the this is the last week for our draw dice and t-shirt design. You can go head over to baseballpodcastnet.com, and you'll pick up a draw Dyson T-shirt there. Um, Yeah, and then again, if you want to call into the show, that number is 845-277-9345. Again, that is 845-277-9345. So, of course, the game last night did not go in the D-backs' way. They did lose 12-5. to We'll talk more about that game in the second uh, segment of the show. First, uh, obviously, I want to talk about some news that – you know, occurred over the past week, and that mainly revolves around the season-ending injury of Steven Souza Jr. This was in a game against the White Sox. Um, a ne- actually, an, an exhibition game, so that even makes it more worse. Um, he stepped on home plate weird. He kind of slipped and caught his cleat, and and uh, it was announced that after the game, this is a tweet by Steve Gilbert. He said that. Sousa has an ACL tear, LCL tear, partial PCL tear, and a posterior lateral, lateral capsule tear in his left knee. Now, just hearing that, that's a, that's a gruesome injury. Uh, Chris, what was your initial reaction when you heard that?
0: Um, at first, I thought he did something um, in the outfield. I saw the video, and it looked really bad. He kind of, do you remember a few years ago when Bryce Harper was running down to first, and he stepped on it and then, like, jumped up and fell down. It was kind of like that, except, like, way worse, and he slept, slipped on home plate,
1: and uh, I don't know, it just looked weird, and
0: it definitely isn't good.
1: Yeah, it was uh, it was a big blow, for not only for Steven Soothe Jr., obviously, you never want any player to get injured, and it, it sucks for him, obviously, too. Um, it's just a big blow, blow for the Diamondbacks. Obviously, a couple days earlier, they designated Socrates Brito for assignment, and they were you know, they were hoping he was going to clear waivers, obviously, after that uh, trade, or not the trade, but after that injury but it was, but the Padres actually claimed him a couple of days ago, um, uh, off waivers and, you know, the Padres didn't need outfield depth. And I, I think the only reason they did it is just, it's just to so that the Diamondbacks wouldn't have, wouldn't have any outfield depth. So yeah, that I mean, that that's the move by the Padres, but yeah, for Steven Souza junior, uh, last year only appeared in 72 games. He was injured for like the first month of the season. And then he got an injury, I think later again, um, he had 220 with a 309 on base uh, OPS of below 700 at 768. Only five home runs. So, you know, obviously you you, you want to. people were hoping this would be a, kind of a breakout year for him, or not a breakout, but a bounce back year. Uh, you know, as compared to his, his 2017 season, where his age 28 season, where he hit 239 with a 351 on base, 810 OPS, and 30 home runs. That's one of the. I think what it's one of the big stat lines that. The Diamondbacks saw when they acquired him in that Brandon Dury trade. But, I mean, yeah, entering his age 30 season, uh, I mean, I'm not going to say that his career is over, but it's definitely, I, I don't think it's, it's going to pan out the way that the, the Diamondbacks expected.
0: Well, I mean, you were calling for the team, so obviously, he was going to do pretty well, but I, I agree. He's not, he's pretty old for being a player that keeps getting DFA'd is rather really able to find a spot on the major league lineup until
1: he gets picked up by the Padres. Yeah, I mean, obviously... I, I mean, I do understand why the DFA'd Bruto he's not really have a spot on the team, but obviously looking at it now, you would much rather have him on the team than in some other random outfielder you are going to find off the street. Uh, the D-backs actually did call up Ildemaro Vargas in a corresponding move to that. Um, but Yeah, obviously, you know... That that's going to be, it's going to be a, a big hole for the Dimex because right now your main three outfielders, you know, you have, oh, I guess four outfielders, you know, you have Peralta on left, Marte on center, Adam Jones on right. I think you can rock with that as an everyday uh, outfield and, and, you know, it'll, it, it'll be fine. Obviously you have draw, draw um, in there except for today, you know, maybe 130 games a year. um I, I, you know, I would be comfortable going out with, with that, you know, with, with that, with that, uh, with that lineup um, every day, but, not, yeah, not every day, but most of the time. And you also have Gerard Dyson there, who you know adds his veteran leadership and you know some quality you know base running skills. And his defense obviously is pretty well, is pretty good. But Diamondbacks fifth outfielders, I mean, the, the only guy you can really think of right now is Matt Caesar, who uh, he actually spent some time with the Padres coincidentally last year. Uh, former Cubs prospect um, who didn't have a great yeah didn't have a very good year last year. In 57 games, only a 187 batting average with an OPS of 532, only one home runs. So, I mean, that, that's that's what I'm seeing as as the as the only real outfielder they can call up. I mean, Chris, do you, do you have any others you, you you thinking of off the top of your head? Um, not really. They have Tim
0: Lecavallo, who they might be able to call up, and I think they still have. Him. Because they signed him to a minor league contract, but I think he's really the only player that they have other
1: than Caesar. Uh huh. Yeah. I mean, there are some free agents left. Um, you know, there are guys. I think there are guys like Carlos Gomez and and, and guys I mean, like Austin Jackson. Oh, Batista. Oh yeah, Batista, But I mean, is he really is he nationally? I don't know if he, how how possible it's going to be. Um, with his, with his defense, but. Yeah, definitely a, a real, really crushing blow for the Diamondbacks. Obviously, I mean, if you look at what you, you gave up in in the Brandon Drury uh, in, in the Brandon Drury trade, you give up Brandon Drury and Anthony Vonda, who you know Vonda with the Rays is coming uh, quite a, pr- a pretty good lefty um, with them, as you know they, they kind of employ a weird you know he's been an opener for them, he's been a mi- middle inning guy, and he's been pretty good. Uh, the Diamondbacks did get back Taylor Widener in that trade, who is now their number two overall prospect. Or maybe number three. It's it's one of those two, but um. So the, at least that's two. good. Hey, what? Mm-hmm. I'm yeah, pretty sure he's two. Yeah, two. Uh, yeah, right up there with uh, John Duplantier here and Jazz Chisholm. But yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and next thing I want to talk about here. Uh, any final thoughts on Souza? Uh,
0: it just really sucks that he's gone for the season, especially after he missed a lot of time last year. And I was hoping that this would be a season to show why. He brought to Arizona, but I mean, hopefully he can
1: make sure they still have him. Yeah, yeah. Um, next thing I want to talk about here is well, last night, how Christian Walker got the opening day start and ahead of Jake Lamb. Um, and obviously, Torrey LoFlello has stated before that Jake Lamb is going to be an everyday player, but it was, was it a little surprising to you to see uh, Christian Walker get the start over Jake Lamb on opening day? Yeah, considering they were
0: talking about how Lamb would be their guy at First all all-off season and all in spring highly really expected that
1: yeah, I really expected that he would be the starter,
0: I mean lamb, yeah,
1: yeah. um because obviously jake lamb if you look at his as his just stats and his overall just uh offensive ability besides last season because last season obviously he had you know the, the elbow injury he just never was really he only played in, he only appeared fifty six games if you look at 2016 2017 combined he had 59 home runs so that's about 30 a year you know he's, he's not he's going to give you his average isn't 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 great but it's not terrible uh he's, he's going to get he's going to get on base at a decent clip and he's going to hit for power and uh, an extra bases, and, that, and that's what really his main attribute you know he's a 30 home or 30 double type of type of player um he has he already has an all-star appearance and if he stays healthy and gets gets enough at bats i think he could repeat that or or not i mean, not an all-star but repeat that same stat uh a similar stat line in uh, in, in twenty uh, in twenty nineteen. As as just a quick update on the game here, uh, Dodgers are leading the Diamondbacks one nothing in the bottom of third. Robbie Ray just walked the bases loaded. Now AJ Pollock, who already has a home run in this game, is going to step up to the bat, step up to the plate. Um, yeah, bases loaded, two outs. So anyway, we'll see how that pans out. But yeah, I mean Christian Walker. will yesterday obviously a homer, homer and a double in that game. And he swung the bat pretty well, and I think given ample time, Christian Walker, you know, ample time and ample uh, you know plate appearances, Christian Walker is is going be a very solid hitter. Um, I think both the, versus righties and lefties. Obviously, you know, people know him more for hitting versus lefties, but he can hit you know he can hit righties too, just from what he what he from what um, from what I've seen and what people have seen from him. Obviously, he took Kershaw deep t- twice last year. You know, that, that's a pretty good uh, style line, obviously, for a guy who's had not very little uh, major league action. Here's a quote that I want to read about, uh, about Jake Lamb on Christian Walker. He said, this was yesterday, he said, I'm a competitor. I want to play, but that guy right there deserves every bat he gets. I'm pumped for him. I, I, I love having him on my team. He's going to help us a lot. He deserves every bit of that. So uh, great statement there for Jake Lamb, obviously. I mean, I, I would be kind of disappointed too if, you know, if I was sitting on an opening day. But then again, uh, Christian Walker, he went off in that game. So, I mean, what can you say to that? Um, but, yeah, I definitely do think uh, Jake Lamb will get a lot of playing time this year uh, versus righties and lefties. And maybe we'll see him move back to third base if Escobar gets injured and you can give some real time to uh, Christian Walker. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Um, yeah, I could definitely see that. Just um, I think that Lamb will be the – main guy this year. And I think that they just started Walker because of his spring. And uh, I I don't know. I think that I I definitely think Lamb's better than Walker, but they're giving Walker a chance because of his spring and how they think he did and how they expect him to do. But uh, Lamb, as we see tonight, he's going to be our guy.
1: Yeah. I mean, if we just had to take a look at Christian Walker's 2017 season in the minors in Triple A, when the Triple A MVP had an OPS of almost 1,000, 32 home runs and 114 RBIs, and you know Triple season season a little bit shorter. That was only 133 games. Uh, he definitely, he's definitely, I would consider right now he's a 4A player, but you know, give him ample major league time. You know, he's only 28, and I, I mean, I think he can develop into a very solid bat, and it, and at the least he's going to be our main pinch hitter off the bench for you know for power as A.J. Pollock just got a uh, looks like a two-run single, and the Dodgers will take a 3-0 lead, so yeah, not looking good for Robbie Ray. A.J. Pollock getting some revenge uh, you know, in, in, in uh, against his former team. I mean... Yeah. Pollock kind of ridiculous.
0: Surprised he um, I mean, how he's always gets
1: injured and gets a big contract, and now he's looking great. Through the first few games, yeah, I and mean, that's just another comeback. I, Paul Goldschmidt also hit two home runs today for for the Cardinals. Three, It was three? Oh, really? He hit, he a hit another run?
0: one while we were. Uh,
1: oh wow! I think okay. I'm pretty
0: sure he had another one. While we well, were, anyway,
1: uh, two or three. He's he is still going off, and uh, it's gonna. It's, I think he's gonna have a very good year for the Cardinals. Uh, definitely MVP caliber. Well, calibers. yeah. Yeah, definitely an MVP caliber season if he can c- continue that and avoid injury um, pretty much.
0: As um, Well, yeah. if the Cardinals don't make the playoffs, they'll probably get robbed of that four again for them not making the playoffs.
1: Yeah, but I mean, it, the Cardinals, they the thing with the Cardinals is they're always contenders every single year. I don't think, if they, I think the last time they had a below 500 season was just like, you know, like 20 years ago or something like that, something crazy like that, but um, I could be wrong on that, but they, they've always been an above 500 team, um, and they should make the playoffs this year. I think that him, them and the Brewers will be right up near the top of the division, um, and the Cubs will be there too. It's going to be definitely a tight race there, um, and then, you, again, you have the NL East. It's going to be really interesting to see, you know, the NL, the NL Central and the NL East shape up because, you know, both both those teams or both of the divisions, you know, I I would say four, four, out, of the, four out of the five teams in each of those divisions are really competitive, um, and maybe you can say five, five out of the five for the NL Central. Um yeah, it's going to be interesting to really see how that, how that shapes out for the NL Central and Paul Goldschmidt and all those guys. We're going to hit an ad here, and we're going to talk about yesterday's opening day game.
2: Hey, guys. This is Benson from Bucko Booth, also producer here on this show. Just want to make sure you tune in tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Eastern time for a new edition of Bucko Booth. We're going to be giving our post Opening day observations. Unfortunately, the Pirates dropped the game to the Reds 5-3 to three on opening day, but there are some observations that we have to go over. Chesnall's injury puts the Pirates in an early bind. Who will take over the right field spot until Polanco or Chesnall comes back? It will be a combination of Melky Cabrera, J.B. Shuck, and Pablo Reyes. We discuss who's the best fit out in right field. And did the Pirates misread the starting pitching market in free agency? Will Jordan Lyles now on the intro list? What's going to happen with that fifth starting spot? All this and much more Bucko Booth tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Eastern. You don't want to miss it. I'll let you get back to this show, and I'll see you tomorrow morning.
1: All right, welcome back to the show. Again, the call number is 845-277-9345. For anyone, anyone wanted to come on and talk with the D-backs or any other team like that, and, yeah, that is confirmed. Paul Goldschmidt did hit his third uh, home run tonight for the Cardinals. Uh, it, he is just tearing it up against Milwaukee. It's going to be really interesting to see how he can – I mean, because I, th- I think St. Louis is a, it's a really good place for hitters to go develop. And I'm not saying that he – Arizona is not, not a good place for hitters. But, I mean, in St. Louis, I think that's just a match made in heaven for, for them. As mm-hmm. uh, Diamondbacks and Dodgers are still in the bottom of the third – uh, Corey Seager now up the bat against Robbie Ray, who's at sixty pitches at this point. Robbie Ray's not gonna make it out of the fourth or fifth inning. He's
0: been throwing so many pitches this inning.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing with Robbie Ray is what I'm seeing. Cause, you know, when he has that ace mentality on, and he, you know, he and he just goes, um, and he and he just, he just takes some control of the game. He he is a you know a Cy Young ace caliber pitcher, as he finally gets a strikeout on Corey Seager, and that will end the inning. But, I mean. I think a lot of baseball fans can agree with this. Um, you know, I, uh, Robbie Ray is, is kind of a dark horse for Cy Young. hmm um, I,
0: I, he's our best pitcher this year, I think.
1: Yeah. I mean, as, unless, I mean, I, unless Granky can figure it out. Um, Robbie Ray has, has he has the p- potential to be our best pitcher this year. As <laughs> just a, t- a tweet that I saw from St. St. Louis sports central, Paul Goldschmidt, home runs this season, three diamondbacks, two. So, uh, I mean, yeah, he's pretty much out-homered the whole team. That that's kind of a a, a bite back right there. Uh, yeah, I, don't,
0: I think that trading Goldschmidt was so dumb.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, Luke Weaver will turn into a solid starter. I think he's and he can be, you know, a, a solid, you know, number two, number three starter in the future. But then again, and I know it made sense because you know you have Jake Lam Jake Lam at first base, and you want him to get playing time, but I you could have gotten so much more for Paul Goldschmidt, especially now that he got signed to that five-year extension. Um, and if I think if now they, the Diamondbacks probably wouldn't trade him because they they're seeing how how many of these players are getting these extensions. I mean, I think we can agree on this one here. Uh, last offseason there wasn't, I mean, I wouldn't say wasn't there was no extensions, but it was definitely not as much as, as this year. And if, if they knew that, if they knew that you know players more likely to sign extensions, I don't think they would have traded him, especially not for that that uh, cheap of a price. There's- I feel like they should have gotten Tyler O'Neill or one of their um, young outfielders yeah. in that trade. Tyler O'Neill would have been very good, especially not Sousa's out. I mean, Tyler O'Neill is mm-hmm. going to be one of the next stars in the MLB uh, coming up here in a few years. He former Mariners prospect. He he's if, I mean, if he can just work on his you know contact and everything, he's a five-tool player. Uh, he's a, he's an he's a freak of an athlete. it to be really good mm-hmm. for the Cardinals this year. But yeah, talking about uh, talking about Robbie Ray still. Yeah. He, I mean, if we just look at his 2017 stats, he, he definitely has that ace potential, and that's what he's, you know, coming up with with the uh, Tiger system. He always, he always, he always had that ace potential too. 2017, I was limited to um, limited 28 starts due to a little bit of an injury there midseason. Um, yeah, he had a 2.89 ERA in 100, 162 innings, 218 strikeouts for a strikeouts per nine of 12.1. He was an All-Star, finished seventh in Cy Young voting. I mean, he has that ace potential, and it, the thing with is Robbie Ray. He doesn't throw extremely hard. I mean, he yeah, he can ramp it up, you know, ninety six, ninety seven, but usually most of his fastballs that get get strikeouts are, you know, only like you know ninety three, ninety four. Um, most starting pitchers
0: are going to be like that because they don't want to throw their arms out.
1: Yeah, that is true. I mean, you see what happened with guys like Michael Kopech, and also today Corey Knebel uh, just just got announced that he's going to have Tommy John surgery. Big blow for the Brewers, and it seems like they're going to be landing Craig Kimball, but. Yeah, I mean if Robbie if Robbie Ray can just figure it out, um he yeah, he can definitely be a scion candidate. Yeah, pretty much. So let's start uh, I think we're gonna talk about last night's game. Chris, did you watch any of the game last night or or were you
0: I had a game last night but I watched a little bit of it on yeah. the way there.
1: Yeah, I also did watch I I I was I was in school, but you know, I still I was still watching it on Fox Sports Go. Um yeah, I, I mean it, I mean, I, I had expect expectations for Granke you know, going into the seventh inning in that game, and I thought, you know, I thought he was going to have a pretty, a pretty solid game there because he, he's he's a veteran pitcher and he knows what he's doing, and he usually does pretty, pretty decent against the Dodgers. Sometimes it's a little hit or miss, but I mean, he's he's shown that he can shut him down, uh, from time to time. I mean, but the the line for him yesterday was just not good at all. And he only made it three and two thirds innings, seven hits, seven earned runs, He gave up four home runs only struck out three and now he's ERA right now seventeen point one eight, so tip me mean, take that however you want. Um
0: eight home runs on opening day that the Dodgers hit yeah. yesterday is the most ever on an opening day.
1: Yeah, that's I mean just it doesn't seem that crazy until you actually think about it. I mean eight home runs for a team that's almost one per inning. Uh and I, I think, you know, pitchers usually they're aiming for, you know, less than one home run per nine. The Diamondbacks pitching staff had had one, had one exactly one home run for nine innings in that game. Um, yeah, it was just bad. I mean, yeah, grinky was just elevating pitches. He just wasn't on his game, really. And I'm not so worried with Grinke, um you know, as, and his ability to pitch this year. I mean, you did see what happened in 2016 where he started off against the Rockies and he had a similar stat line. Um but then again, this is—I think he's a different pitcher now. Um, I think he just always starts off really slow, and I think like maybe that, that's just because you know he's 30, 36 now. I think, and yeah, that, and that's just kind of how he does it. But yeah,
0: hopefully Robbie Ray, who's struggling tonight, will also dial it in, and they'll all do as their pitching staff gets more used to pitching this season in the big games uh, down the stretch.
1: Hopefully, they'll get better. Yeah, and be able I mean, to pitch more than like
0: four innings.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's just like – and also that's kind of going around all of MLB um, because it, I think it was yesterday, it was something like 55 home runs were hit last day on opening day, which I think was a record then. The ball is just absolutely flying. I don't know if, if the – I think this has been a debate like every single year, but it seems like the balls are juiced. I remember I was, I was watching a, a clip of Edwin Encarnacion and his home run for the Mariners. I mean – I, the way the ball that ball flew in it's it's safe go field, it just it doesn't it doesn't really it I I kinda confused me when I first saw it because I, the ball balls usually don't fly like that. It's safe go or actually sorry, it's not safe field anymore. T Mobile T Mobile uh T Mobile Field or T Mobile Park. I wanted, think it's Park. Yeah, one of those two anyway. Um yeah, so I mean the it's always a debate. MLB's always changing, you know, always changing the balls and everything, but yeah. eight, eight home runs is obviously not very good. Um, I mean, uh, maybe it's just
0: a lot of players are realizing that you need power to have a uh, great, to be good and be effective. A lot of players are. So maybe they're just getting stronger and hitting
1: it harder. Uh-huh. That you know, that, that comes with the whole launch angle debate and everything. Um, and, again, that might just be a free coincidence because, I mean, players might just be amped up and pitchers might be, you know, not, not accustomed to actually get, getting major league action. Uh, not majorly action, but, you know, real real time on the mound. Um, and I sh- I'm sure we'll see that trend die down. I don't think a team's going to be able to hit 55 home runs uh, per day for the next 100-something, 100, 100, uh, 180-something days um, throughout the season. But, yeah, mm-hmm. I think, the thing with Drinky is that he only got less than 10 innings in spring training, and obviously, you know, he's he's working out in bullpen testers and everything, but – I, I don't know. It seems that every year, Grinky's always trying to do something weird in spring training, and you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, I, I I'm I'm sure he'll he'll fix it because, I mean, Grinky has pitched it, like thousands of innings in the majors, and he's a veteran pitcher, and he definitely knows what what he's doing. If it was a younger pitcher, like if Luke, if Luke Weaver went out and had that stat line, I might have been a little concerned. But yeah, I mean, grinkey
0: has got that.
1: Yeah, yeah. he's pitched over almost 2,700 innings in his career. I'm really not that concerned with him. As uh, the Diamondbacks now in the top of the fourth with two outs and two runners on against Ross Stripling, score still Um, 3-0. And the
0: offense didn't really do bad, terrible yesterday. They scored five runs, I'm pretty sure it was. But uh, it's not enough if your team's going
1: to go up eight home runs, and a lot of that was the bullpen. And that's the whole storyline of the Diamondbacks in the last you know five something years, is that they've always had the hitting, but you know is, is the pitching there, you know, and that's kind of the same thing with other teams in the Nash- in the National League less like the Rockies, is if they can, we saw that in 2017 the the pitching staff was it was pretty was extremely good, um, you know you had that combination, Grinke, uh Ray, Taiwan, Taiwan Walker, you know those three were pretty good, um and you know even the starting rotation last year was still pretty good um you, you get some guys like Clay Buckles off the street um obviously the bullpen kind of imploded at the end of last year but um, um Buckles was a
0: mid-season pickup i think i'm pretty sure and yeah. he did really solid I i'm not quite sure why they didn't bring him back to anything a deal especially since they didn't really bring any better pitching in so yeah, i, I think they should have brought him back
1: i i mean you you did get Merrill Kelly but i think what the Diamondbacks are trying to do yeah, sure. I mean, Buckles right now is better than guys like Merrill Kelly and Luke Weaver, but they're trying to go more towards the youth movement, and that's the whole mentality with you know losing losing Goldschmidt. Is that before I think a lot of these young players to relied on on Goldie to be that leader and everything, but with him gone, you know, it's he, gonna to take some guys to step up. Whether that be Jake Lamb, Ketel Marte, Nick Ahmed, Escobar, any of those, any of those guys, you know, maybe you know one of the, some young pitchers. It's gonna take one of those guys to step up and really gonna change their mentality. Now they have not, they're not to fight for you know what they earn instead of just you know relying on guys like Paul Goldschmidt and AJ Pollock to you know kind of like lead the team. Mhm. Yeah. They
0: lost pretty much all their veteran leadership except for. Uh. Like Granke, and Peralta.
1: Yeah. Um. And also, uh, let's talk about the uh, let's talk about the closing uh, spot right now. It was announced that Greg Holland was going to be the closer, and when I first heard it, I mean, I was, think, I was just thinking, like, why not Archie? You, know, you see what happened last year with, with, uh, with Boxberger. You know, obviously, that didn't turn out well. Um, I, I do think this is the year where Archie will actually earn the job, and, and, and uh, as the Diamondbacks, as the uh, Nick Comic grounds out in the top of the fourth two in that inning and take us to the bottom of the fourth, but I think this is the final of the year where Archie's actually getting some real time being a closer. You know, I think he had you know a couple of opportunities last year in that series in LA where Matt Kemp hit like two two like game winning home runs or doubles or something like that. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, think, I, I mean Greg Holland, I, I just watching him in spring training, I don't think he's gonna do very good. And I, I could be wrong. You know, um, he could pick it up and have a year kind of a year like he did with the Nationals last year. But to be honest, I mean, I, I mean, I. I can't see more than, you know, a couple months in the season when they say, okay, Archie, this is your time. And I'm thinking – go ahead, Chris. I feel like –
0: Holland, is the, being named the closer, is the same reason that uh, Boxberger was named the closer. They have more experience and uh, more proven in the closer role, and expect, if Archie Bradley didn't fall apart like he did in the second half of last year, I think it would have been a no-brainer for Lavella to make him the closer, but he struggled, and they're going to make the per- Holland, who had a good end to last year.
1: Yeah, and that is a safe bet. Um yeah, and most of them might have been, you know, to, to to get Holland to come to Arizona, you might have had to, you know, convince him that he's going to be in the closer role. But yeah, we'll see how it plays out. Maybe Archie, you know, you know, maybe, maybe a couple months in the season, maybe late late May, early June, he's going to finally take off, take over that closer role. Uh, maybe while he works on his curveball, because if you're a closer, you can't just rely on your fastball every single pitch. Um, I know there are some closers that do that, but I mean, uh, you. If you saw it last year. He doesn't year,
0: throw fast enough.
1: Yeah, he doesn't throw – I mean, yeah, he's not. he doesn't throw 100 or anything like that. So, yeah, we're going to see how it plays out last year. Um, Yeah, Diamondbacks game is on right now if you want to watch that. But I think it's going to end it for the podcast tonight. Thank all you guys for tuning in. We will be here next week. We'll see you later.
2: Rattle Up is produced by Benson Fector. Rattle Up is a Baseball Podcast Network production. Be sure to give our host a follow on Instagram. Chris Sumner at Chris underscore Sumner 710. And Blake Warner at Everything D-backs. Be sure to give the Baseball Podcast Network a follow on all our social media platforms as well. Instagram at Baseball Podcast Net. Twitter at Baseball Podcast One. That's P O D. CAS1, SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network, and YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you all for tuning in. We'll see you next time.